Well, hey, Coastline. Hey, I am so excited and just honored to be here speaking. Uh, man, I just thank Pastor Aaron for giving me the opportunity to be here. Let me just say that I love being a part of Coastline. I love serving on the team and just being with you guys every Sunday and working here throughout the week. I just love the people that fill this church, and I am just blessed and honored and humbled to be able to be here. Um, I've been here nearly a year. It was last February that I moved out to be a part of the team. And let me just say that a year ago, um, it was a really kind of crazy time in my life. See, I was about to make the biggest transition of my life as I would be leaving my family's home for the first time and not only just moving out of my parents' house, but moving from Michigan all the way to California. And so it was definitely a big transition, but I had, I just felt so right because I felt like I was fulfilling the purpose that God had placed in my life. And so I was so excited and just ready to get out here and fulfill the purpose that he had placed in me. And coming out of the Christmas season, we've all heard the Christmas story many, many times. But there's one verse that stuck out to me this time, and I wanted to share it with you and kind of base my whole message out of this verse in Luke. It's Luke chapter 1, verse 28. And an angel is speaking to Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The angel said that she was highly favored. But to the outsider's view, it might not look like she was necessarily highly favored. You know, she was pregnant with a child, and then she had never been with a man. And so I'm sure there was some rumors and ridicule between her friends and families towards her. Yeah, with Joseph even, you know, not really sure what's going on at first. She had to travel on the donkey all the way uh, to... Bethlehem because of the senses, and then King Herod wanted to kill her baby because baby Jesus was a threat, and he didn't want him even being close to it, and so there's all these different things going on in her life, and there's just craziness and storms, but Mary knew her purpose. Mary knew that she was highly favored, and so Mary was able to stand even when she didn't understand and as we enter into another year, I want us to look at our purpose and what God's purpose is for us for 2016. I've become convinced that there are two challenges that we face in life. And the first challenge is to find ourselves. It's to discover our purpose. And then the second challenge is to lose ourselves when that purpose becomes bigger and greater than we are. I think that when you find purpose, you gain success, but when you lose yourself in that purpose, that's when you gain significance. And it's sad that a lot of people in our world and in our society don't meet either challenge. And so today, I want to look about what I want to look at. What would it look like if, in 2016, we just redefine our purpose and then lose ourselves in it? Today, I want to consider three problems, three questions, and then three answers. So the first one, three problems, three problems to the conventional approach of knowing God's purpose. And the first one is that it puts our attention on the wrong priority. So many times we ask God all these questions. Uh, what school should I go to? What career should I have? Who should I marry? Should I move to a new city? And all those, all those questions have great effects on our life, yes. But I often think that it's the decision after the decision that makes a greater effect. 
um, it's the little turns, it's the curves, the twists of life, the daily the decisions that make a greater accumulative effect and ultimately determine our success and then our significance. For example, it's not what school I decide to go to, but it's who I decide to be once I go to that school. It's who I decide to be in those classes day to day once I'm at that school. You know, if I live in North County or in Michigan, has no bearing on my integrity, has no bearing on my character, has no bearing on my relationship with God. And those are the things we need to focus on. Those should be our priorities in life, to keep our priorities straight and lined up and focus on those three things, our integrity, our character, and most of all, our relationship with God. The second problem to the conventional approach of knowing God's purpose is that it portrays God as hiding from us. Have you ever felt like, like God is hiding from you? You know, that's really a false and, and negative view of God. God came looking for Adam in the garden. Jesus came to seek and to save. He's not hiding from us. God is not a riddle. You know, honestly, he has a hard enough time trying to get us to follow his will. So he's not going to hide it. He wants it out in the open. He wants us just to, to discover it and to be fulfilled in it. For example, like, if you ever have uh, played hide-and-go-seek with a little kid, if you have children or ever babysat or anything, and you play hide-and-go-seek, it's not fun to hide in a place where the kid's never going to find you. Like, you're not going to lock your car and, like, duck down so that they're never going to get you because that's really not fun for either person. But when you play hide-and-go-seek with a little kid, you, fi you hide in a fairly easy spot, and if they still can't find you, you'll start making little noises or saying hotter or colder. Because the joy doesn't come from hiding. The joy comes when they find you. And that's how God is. God wants us to succeed. He wants us to be fulfilled in our purpose. He's not hiding anything from us because the joy comes when we find our purpose and then are fulfilled in that purpose. The final problem is that the future is not ours to see. And that's something that um, I've probably learned the most in my life and something that I'm constantly be, being reminded of. See, knowing God's will for our life is just another way for us to control our lives. We want the security of knowing the future rather than trusting God with an unknown future. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. And if we saw all the challenges in life, we would probably withdraw. Like, if you think about your life right now, think about your whole, every single day leading up to this point, if you saw all the challenges and the hardships and the loss and the hard days, is there a possibility that you would withdraw? Probably. Because life is hard and life is crazy sometimes, but it's little by little. It's day by day. It's trusting God and asking him for your daily needs. And then on the other side of that, if we saw all the success that we would have, is it possible that we would become self-centered? Again, probably, because, man, look how far I've come. I don't need God anymore. Look at where I've gotten myself. And I have discovered that the Bible says very little about the will of God as it relates to the future. You know, he tells us not to be anxious about it, but is it possible to become so consumed with the future will of God that we miss what he has for us today? See, in my life, I've found, I found that to be very true. Um, from a fairly young age, I felt called into full-time ministry, about sixth grade. And, man, when that happened, I was so excited and so ready just to start. And, honestly, I, I was 
I was pretty uh, annoyed that I had to finish middle school and high school because I knew what I wanted to do, and that was just kind of a roadblock in my way. I, I told my mom, like, I don't need a math book to tell me how to love someone. I don't need high school to show me how to do ministry. I was just ready. You know, at the age of 14 and 15, I thought, I just need to go to Bible school. I just need to work at a church and get on with my purpose. And I would ask God just to reveal to me this whole big life that he had planned. I wanted him to reveal my whole entire future because I'm a planner, and I wanted to plan out my life. And I felt like I wasn't getting the answers that I wanted, and I didn't know how to accomplish all that I wanted without God showing me the future that he held. And uh, a time in 10th grade, I had visited Sydney, Australia for the very first time, and man, I fell in love with the city. I absolutely loved it. And I figured if I wanted to do something big for God, I needed to show people just how far I would go to do it. And so that's what I did. I decided to move to Australia and attend Hillsong Leadership School. And um, Hillsong is a a pretty massive church out of Australia. Um, Much of the music that we do here on a Sunday morning is produced out of there. And I figured, man, what greater way than for God to use me than to go to this big mega church's school. I just wanted to impress people with the things that I was going to do and how God was going to use me. I wanted to show God just how far I would go to do something for him. And I had it very, very wrong. See, I moved all the way to Sydney, and I got there, and I was in my apartment, and I felt God do one of those, what you doing, things. And uh, that's a bad feeling. That's not a, that's not a good feeling. And um, I was so consumed by doing something great for God. I wanted to set up this huge future for myself. I wanted to be the young girl doing great things, all for the glory of God. But I was taking my future into my own hands, and I was missing what God's perfect will was for me for that day. And so I I moved back to Michigan pretty much right away, and uh, I just felt so convicted. And so I moved back. And um, I had the incredible opportunity of church planting with my family. We planted a church in Michigan, and it was great. Um, I served on staff there for a few years, and God taught me a whole lot in that season. I think more than anything, God taught me to be faithful in the ordinary things, and he would provide the extraordinary. And that we have to remember that God does have plans for us. He does. He promises us a hope and a future. And he promises to prosper us. We just have to seek him day by day, little by little, and he'll begin to reveal it to us. So mornings now I pray and I end with, okay, God, what do you have for me for this day? And day by day, he's revealing the destiny that he has for me. And honestly, it's a whole lot better than something that I could have come up with on my own. Um, The second thing I want to look at today is the three questions, the three questions to answer. And one thing I love about Coastline Church is this is the vision of our church to help you find your purpose. And we have Growth Track to help you answer these three questions if you don't know the answers to them. The first question I think we need to answer is what am I passionate about? See, I find that the the most exciting and high-energy people to be around are people that know their purpose and are passionate about it. Now, it is possible to be passionate about something that you're not good at. Um, How many people have seen American Idol? (laughs) Yes. Y'all know that some people are so, so passionate, but they just don't quite have the talent to back it up. But 
props for their passion. But honestly, I would take one person with passion over 100 people with knowledge because passion is going to help you gain the knowledge, but knowledge isn't going to help you gain the passion. So here's something to think about. What are you passionate about? What do you dream about? The second question I think we all should answer is, what are my spiritual gifts? And spiritual gifts are endowments given by God to his people for accomplishing his purpose on this earth. Spiritual gifts are given for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Try to excel in gifts that build up the church. And spiritual gifts can be all types of things. Um, leadership, discernment, mercy, faith, craftsmanship, worship. There's all these different things get, that God will fill you with. And it's very easy to receive spiritual gifts. There's four little steps, and we talk about these things in Growth Track. The first thing is to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. The second one is to acquire the faith and the truth in the area of spiritual gifts. The third one is to apply yourself to learning about spiritual gifts. And the fourth one is to ask the Lord to give you spiritual gifts. The third question I think we should all ask ourselves is what opportunities are before me? What doors are open? See, when we're faithful in the small things, God will give us bigger opportunities. And oftentimes there are so many great opportunities and relationships and different things out there if we just ask the Lord to reveal them to us. One cool thing I love about Coastline Church is that we are a church of connect groups. And so if you're passionate about something, we give you free reign to just to go start a connect group and get people together that are passionate about that very same thing. And together you can be passionate together. Go make a difference, have fun, do whatever, and create your own opportunity. As we close today, I want to outline the three answers. The three answers. Um, to knowing, to know that you are in God's purpose, number one, you will have the compelling of the Holy Spirit. I want to take us to a passage in Acts. Um, one of my favorite ways to read the Bible and to teach the Bible is to take a passage and break it down verse by verse and to pull out some words to uh, bring some revelation to a passage that you may have read many, many times. Um, so let's read together Acts twenty twenty two. It says, and now compelled by the Spirit. I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying the good news of God's grace. He says in verse 22, and now compelled by the Spirit. A compelling is just to have a powerful and irresistible effect. It's something you can't touch, you can't see, but you can feel it. You can hear it. John 10, 27 says that my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And perhaps if you're not hearing this, this compelling, this Holy Spirit, perhaps we've let other voices drown them out. That's why 21 days of prayer and fasting is so significant in our lives because we can shut down the voices of the body, we can shut down the outside voices of the media, and we can just focus on the spirit. The second one to know that you are in God's purpose is that you will face uncertainty and resistance. Back to verse 22 says, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. 
See, God's not going to give us all the information. Honestly, we can't handle all the information. You know, our society likes revelation and then obedience. But God says, no, obedience and then revelation. Look at Genesis 12, 1. Um, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Jonathan in First uh, Samuel says, talking to his armor bearer, he says, hey, let's go over there. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. See, I think it's the perhaps. It's the uncertainty that keeps our faith alive. It's the trusting God that he will show us. See, for Jonathan, he didn't need more information. He was ready to take that first step of faith. And for some of us here tonight, more information isn't coming until we take that first step. Paul says back in our passage in Acts, I know that in, um, in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. See, resistance is part of our call. But we press towards the prize. Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 33, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And then finally, number three, to know that you are in God's purpose. Number three, you will have an uncommon resolve. And a resolve is a definite decision. It's a determination to do something. And so tonight, I just want to leave you with this final verse in Acts. Uh, verse number 24 says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying the good news of God's grace. And so tonight, I, I just want to pray over us all. So if we can go ahead and put away our message notes and close our eyes and bow our heads, I just want to... Um, pray over us. Um, the first step to knowing God's purpose for our life is to have your life 100% committed to him, to ask him to be your Lord. Here at Coastline, we don't call you up. We don't call you out. We don't embarrass you. We just ask you to simply raise your hand, and then we'll all repeat a prayer together to ourselves. So if that's something you want to do today, if you want to commit your life to God, if you want to discover your purpose and start 2016 on a brand new, fresh slate, I just would ask you to, to go ahead and raise your hand so that I can know who I'm praying with tonight. Amen. Now, if we, uh, I'm just going to say this prayer, and if you just say it quietly to yourself and mean it in your heart, the Lord is going to meet you right where you are. So just go ahead and repeat, Father. Thank you for Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Thank you for your grace and your salvation. Thank you for the purpose that you've placed in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I would like to ask um, anybody that raised their hand tonight to go ahead and check. Uh, look in your worship guide as there's a connection card in there. And if you raise your hand tonight, I would just encourage you at the very bottom, it says, my decision today. If you committed your life to Christ for the first time tonight, just to check that box or if you recommitted, as we'd like to follow up with you just with a simple email to tell you um, the possible next steps for you. Can everybody stand tonight? I would love to pray a prayer of blessing over you.
Amen. Lord, we come to you tonight, God, and I'm just so thankful for this opportunity to speak. God, I thank you for the purpose that you've placed in each and every one of us, God. I pray right now that you would help us discover our purpose for 2016, God, and for the rest of our lives, Lord. Let us have ears to hear how, that you, how you are directing our lives. God, I pray blessing over your people in every aspect of their lives, Jesus for families, for relationships, for finances, for marriage. God, I pray that 2016 will be the best year yet, Jesus. I thank you that you're speaking to us about how you would have us uh, participate in the 21 days of prayer and fasting, God. And I thank you for miracles and breakthroughs that are going to come through that, Lord. Be with your people tonight for the rest of this year, God, and for a brand new 2016. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.